0: Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf, for Leading the Way.
1: This fourth statement from the cross is the very core of our redemption. This is probably the most important message in this series of messages I've been preaching on the seven statements from the cross, because it is the very core. It's the very essence of the Christian faith. To miss this, you miss Everything.
0: The moments leading to death are often filled with some of the most meaningful words in life. This rings especially true when we pause and look at the words of Jesus on the cross. And today, Dr. Yusuf continues his series, Seven Awesome Statements from the Cross, looking at the words Jesus spoke that are at the very core of the Christian faith. Get ready to step back to the moments when darkness fell over the earth as Jesus neared death. One more step toward the completion of his redemptive mission. Here's Dr. Michael Yusuf to begin today's Leading the Way. There are many Christians,
1: believers, who, when they go through some trying circumstances and some hard times, many of them attempted to think that God had forsaken them, that somehow God has turned their back on them. That they've been abandoned by God, that He is not protecting them like He promised. Most of them would know, probably intellectually and they know biblically and spiritually, that is not true, that God never leaves us nor forsakes us. But the temptation is there nonetheless. It's the temptation. In fact, there are some Christians, some Christian teachers, and some denominations actually said that this fourth statement from the cross was Jesus' imagination that the Father had forsaken Him, that the Father really has not forsaken Him at all. It's a sort of their way of making God to look nice, that He did not forsake Jesus, that He was thinking that He forsake Him, just like we do. Now, of course, this human conjecture is a contradiction of the Scripture. And it's a contradiction of the truth. It's a contradiction of the very core of our faith. For in that moment when Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, God the Father did actually turn His back on God the Son. This fourth statement from the cross is the very core of our redemption. This is probably the most important message in this series of messages I've been preaching on the seven statements from the cross. Because it is the very core, it's the very essence of the Christian faith. To miss this, you miss everything. This cry is the basis on which every person who had ever come, will ever come to Jesus and say to God, forgive me, will find forgiveness and eternal life. Please listen carefully. Had the Father not turned His back on the Son, had the Father not abandoned the Son at that moment, you and I could never be sure that the Son actually carried our sin and carried our judgment on His holy body on the cross. In the past three messages, we've examined the first three statements from the cross. In about 9 a.m., right after our Lord was nailed to that tree— and that tree was lifted up and fixed on the ground. Around nine o'clock in the morning, he exercising his high priestly role and forgave his transgressors. And that is not really surprising. But then about mid-morning, he looked over to a repentant criminal hanging on the cross next to him and gave him the assurance of salvation. He said, "'Today you shall be with me in paradise.'" And thus he was exercising his kingly role, receiving prayer. And that is not surprising either. Then about close to noon, before noon, he looks at his mother, Mary, and then he looks at the disciple whom he loves, John. And he made provision for John to take care of his mother. And that is not surprising. But when you come to this fourth statement, which was about noonday. Now, noon time is where the brightness of the sun is at zenith. But it turned out to the darkness of midnight. At that moment, Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lemma my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? When Jesus said, Forgive them, for they know not what they're doing, it's not surprising. When He said, Today you shall be with me in paradise, that is not surprising. Uh, When He said, Mother or woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother, that is not surprising. But my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is very surprising. In fact, it is downright confusing to many people. It causes millions of people around the world to deny the very divinity of Christ. And they said, see, he just called him my God. Now, if you want to follow with me, by the way, turn to Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 to 50. In order to grasp this incredible, incomprehensible statement... The fourth statement from the cross, I want to put it under two headings. First, the three hours that lit up the world. And secondly, the moment of desertion that redeemed the world. The three hours of darkness that lit up the world. You remember when Jesus was born, and we all celebrate Christmas and all its wonderful feelings, and we tell the story of Christmas, in Jesus born in Bethlehem, and how the light shone in the middle of the night to the shepherds in their field. Luke chapter 2 verse 9 says, the glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds in the field. In fact, John said that Jesus is the light who enlightens everyone. Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. But here at the cross, you find that the brightness of noonday sun, turned into utter darkness. And not for a moment or two, but for three hours. And the Bible said that Jesus is the light that came to the world, but people preferred the darkness of sin than the light of His forgiveness. As if God is saying to everyone who rejects Jesus Christ, you love darkness, that's what judgment is going to be like. You love darkness, you prefer your own way and not my way. That's where your destiny is, utter darkness all the time. In fact, the Bible describes hell as a a place of perpetual darkness, no light at all. But that's not all. The 3 hours of darkness is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. When the high priest would Once a year enter into the Holy of Holies, and there He make a sacrifice and atone for the sins of God's people. That place where He enters is a place of utter darkness. Nobody can see what's going on. And when Jesus, our great high priest, was ready to take His own blood into the heavenly tabernacle, nature, darkened so unsympathetic eyes, could not see. When God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, the Bible said there was a a thick... Cloud, dark cloud, and people had to stand so far away at a distance. And that darkness was symbolic of our inability to keep the law. And when Christ into that darkness, it tells us that He is the only one who has been able to keep the law perfectly all the time, and it is impossible for anyone to become righteous other than through His righteousness. The three hours of darkness that lit up the world. Secondly, the moment of desertion that redeemed the world. After hanging on the cross for six hours, around 3 p.m., the Lord cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani. Depend whether you use Aramaic or Hebrew. And the word forsaken here, actually, the, literally, the word means to leave someone in the lurch. It literally means to abandon someone completely. That's why I told you this fourth statement from the cross is the most surprising of all. How can the Father abandon his Son who coexisted with him in unity since before eternity? How come the Father and the Son were always one unit? How come now he abandons his son? And make no mistake about it, please listen carefully, abandoning him he did. He did abandon him. Why? It was for you. It was for me. It was for our redemption. It's for our salvation that he did that. It is for our forgiveness that He did that. It was that you and I may live forever. He did that. You say, how come? Why did the Father desert the Son in the most desperate moment? Because of your sin and mine. That's why He did it. Because Jesus was carrying the judgment of your sin upon that cross. And the father could not look upon sin. Habakkuk tells us that. And the father could not look on his son as he was carrying our sin, and therefore he turned his back. Now, beloved, listen, this is the greatest mystery in in all of world history as far as I'm concerned. This is the most incomprehensible part of the Christian life, and I'm convinced that we're going to be spending eternity in heaven just comprehending what that was like. Let me explain something to you. How many of you remember Jesus in Gethsemane praying when all the other disciples went to sleep? Remember that part? When He was in Gethsemane, He was not sweating sweat, He was sweating blood. The intensity of His prayer and His intercession and His prayer to the Father was so incredible that physically blood was coming out of the pores of His body. That's not because Jesus was afraid of the physical pain of the cross. That was not because Jesus was afraid of the torture of the cross. There were martyrs who died on a cross or even even worse death. And Jesus is no more coward than they were. He was not afraid of that. That was not the biggest concern. But His biggest concern was that moment, that moment of separation from the Father. Something has never, ever, ever happened since eternity. That moment when he cried, it was a moment that he carried the sin of the world upon his sinless body. But there's something else I don't want you to miss. Darkness in the Bible is always associated with the day of judgment. Always. You see it in the Scripture, in many, many passages. Isaiah 5.30 speaks of the darkness of judgment. Amos 5.20, it said the day of the Lord will be darkness. Zephaniah 1.14 and 15, it said it will be outer darkness. And in Matthew chapter 8, chapter 22, and chapter 25, you hear the Lord Jesus saying it again and again and again, that judgment is going to be a day of darkness. And so, when the judgment of God upon your sin and upon my sin fell on Him, When that judgment was taking place on His holy body, darkness fell. Darkness fell. Don't ever forget that it was our judgment that He carried on that cross. It's our judgment. It's our punishment. It's our wages of sin. Please listen carefully. Jesus did not just die a martyr's death for a righteous cause, as some people teach. Jesus did not just die as an innocent man wrongly accused, as some churches believe. Jesus did not just die as a heroic gesture against man's inhumanity to man, as some teach. This is not a child abuse, as some modern evangelicals have been writing and saying. Jesus chose to go to the cross. He had authority to take it. He had authority to lay it down. He said, but I lay it down voluntarily. This was not Jesus' imagination that the Father forsook Him, as some people teach. No. What happened at that moment of separation is that the sin of humanity rained on Jesus like a funnel of a tornado. So much so that Jesus experienced the very hell itself. This moment of desertion was the moment when your sin and mine were heaped upon His holy, upon His sinless body. And for the first time since before eternity, Jesus looked up to heaven, and He saw His Father as a judge. And that is why He did not call Him Abba. He called Him Eli, my God, God the Sovereign, God the Judge, God the Awesome-Filled One. And, beloved, that is why that pain of separation that caused Jesus to sweat blood when he prayed in Gethsemane can never, 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 never be compared to any physical pain any of us can ever experience. It's just incomparable. We cannot compare it to anything else. Listen carefully, because this is important. Every human being that has ever lived and ever will live is going to face the judgment of God. The only ones who will escape it are those who have accepted the fact that Jesus took their judgment upon Himself on His body on the cross. In fact, anywhere in the world, any city, anywhere you go, there are basically two types of people. There are those who have accepted God's judgment upon Jesus to be for them, and those who refuse. And they will face God's judgment in the last day, All by themselves if that does not make you go on your knees every waking moment in gratitude I don't know what will that I will not have to face God as my judge it's because of Jesus and because of that moment of separation on that cross and there's something else about that I thank God for everything we do but it's only one message The church of Jesus Christ for 2,000 years has only one message, and that's it. It is that moment of separation on the cross when Jesus carried our sin and the judgment of our sins upon His body. That's the message of the church. That is the only message. Any other message is not the church of Jesus Christ. We spend all of our life obeying Him, serving Him by serving others. We spend all of our life in gratitude and in thanksgiving for that moment. The moment of desertion that redeemed the world. Let me show you why it is our only message. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament looked forward by faith to that moment of separation and declared it by faith. And those who have accepted by faith were saved. Just like Abraham, by faith he was saved. There was no law. It was 400 years before the law was given. He was saved by faith. Romans 4.25 tells us that Jesus was forsaken by the Father because of our transgressions. In 1 Corinthians 15.3, He died for our sins. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, He who knew no sin becomes sin on our behalf. Galatians three thirteen, it says that he became a curse for us. In First Peter two twenty four, says he himself bore our sin in his holy body on the cross. In First Peter three eighteen, says Jesus died for sin once and for all, the just for the unjust. Amen. First John chapter four verse ten, it tells us that he became an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Our Lord Jesus Christ not only bore our sin, He actually became sin. Listen to me, not a sinner, but sin. He was never a sinner, but He became sin so that He may save everyone who would come to Him and say, Forgive me, forgive me so that he may save everyone who would come to him. he say, save them from what? Save them from that final day of judgment. When Jesus was separated from the Father for that moment when he carried your judgment and mine, he was not separated from the Father in nature. He was not separated in essence. He was not separated in substance. Jesus never ceased to exist as God the Son and the second member of the Trinity. But for that moment, that moment, he ceased to know the familiar intimacy and the fellowship with his father. I was thinking about that, and I even thought some stories that I've used in the past to illustrate what it means and there are lots of stories that try to explain what it means for a person to sacrifice for another, but that really, honestly, truthfully, there is not a single human illustration that can illustrate what it means for God the Son to carry your judgment and mine on that cross. Nothing can illustrate how the perfect carried the judgment of every confessing sinner. Nothing can explain the truth that He died in darkness, so that we may live in light; that He died in silence, so that we may forever have a word from the Lord. He died forsaken, so that we may be accepted. He died rejected, so that we may be received. For those of you who know the Lord and walking with the Lord, you take the cross for granted, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." We saved by grace and get on with life. And I pray to God that that moment. Be absolutely imprinted in our hearts when we face temptations, imprinted on our hearts when we feel sorry for ourselves, and imprinted on our hearts when we tempted to think that God has forsaken you. The one who paid that price will never leave you nor forsake you.
0: Grace and mercy shining bright from the cross. Thanks for joining in for Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Listen to this and other messages at the website, on the app, through the podcast and more. Details and all ways to connect, watch and listen at ltw.org. Well, that music reminds us that our time is up for today. Thank you for listening. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf, Passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world.